Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I'm your host, Taylor, and this is Winnin' Forks, a weekly Twilight podcast where two 20-something lesbians ruin everything you love about the international best-selling series by Stephanie Meyer. Thanks for tuning in. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so excited for our second episode. We got over the hump of the first one. We and did. Now we're, thing. now we're doing it. We are literally doing it. As we're doing this, episode one is being uploaded to our YouTube channel as we speak. When this episode hits, we'll most likely be officially on iTunes. So you really will not have any excuse to ghost us. Anywhere and everywhere and all the time. Exactly. How was your week, Taylor? Was it chaotic like mine was? Or was it a little more chill? It was slightly chaotic because it's 2020, but Mm -hmm. it was less chaotic than last week. So that's at least good that we're bringing the chaos down a few levels, I think, every time we check in, which is good. That's good. I hope that it continues to not be as chaotic because I could use a lot less of that after the year we've had. I totally agree. But I do have some news, some Twilight news. Oh, the best kind. The best kind. Okay, so I actually love this because it gets into what we're going to be talking about a little bit in this podcast episode, which is the Quileute tribe, you know, who I absolutely love and would die for. And basically, I got a little gift in the mail from Erin, and she is Renegade Pack on Tumblr. She gave me a really cute little gift for just happening to have donated to the Quileute Tribe's uh, efforts to raise money to move to a higher ground. And it was in the form of a bracelet. And they say, Leah Clearwater deserves better. And I absolutely love them. I love that. Oh my gosh. Tell me where you donated because I want to know so I can donate and our listeners can too. Absolutely. So the Quileute Tribe have an official website up, which is mthg.org, move to higherground.org, where it's giving you all the information on everything that they're trying to accomplish. What they're really trying to do is they're trying to move out of a flood zone, which is currently endangering their lives and their histories. And so they're raising money so that they can continue to teach those histories, not the histories that Stephanie Meyer tried to push upon us, their actual histories. And um, she was just doing this really sweet thing of, hey, if you ended up donating, I would love to send you this little gift and you can choose whatever character you wanted. And I chose Leah. And she gave me a little note uh, afterwards and I just thought it was really, really nice. I had already donated, so I had just ended up seeing this on my Tumblr timeline anyway. Um, But I just thought it was really sweet and I really appreciated it and I absolutely love them and are obsessed with them. And I told her I was going to mention it on this podcast. So Erin, thank you so much. Thanks, Erin. That's really, really cool. That's really, really sweet that she did that. And that's a really important cause. So I'm so glad that you're bringing awareness and that she's doing that to bring awareness too. That's awesome. Yes. Well, hi guys. Welcome back to Women Forks. I'm Ajay. I am team Bella and team Wolfpack. And I'm Taylor and I am team Colon Family, baby. 
Yes. And you can't forget Team Esme. Especially Team Esme. Team, you know, that goes without saying. She's my ride or die. The first time we even talked about this podcast, you made your uh, Esme agenda extremely clear. And I had to support. I had to stand. You must stand. <laughs> There's no reason to not stand. But I am super excited because these chapters are so fun. They're so they really fun. fun. I, I love them. They're, we get so much. We get the iconic blood typing scenes. We get the first La Push trip. It's just everything. everything. La Push, baby. La Here's Push, you. baby. <laughs> okay. So in chapter four, Bella is asked by pretty much all the guys in grade 11. And she curves every single one of them. Every goddamn one of them, as she should. She's a queen. Um, we love that for her. She's powerful. Uh, on chapter five, I almost said season five. I don't know what I'm th- thinking about right now, but chapter five, Everett <laughs> and Bella to sit with him at lunch and just ends up looking more suspect uh, when he answers none of her questions. I'm, I'm not surprised by that at all. And then finally, in chapter six, Bella flirts information about the Cullens out of Jacob Black, and he allows her to because he thinks she is so pretty. <laughs> She's so powerful. Absolutely. And so I would say, Taylor, that the theme of this entire episode is just simping. Everyone's it is simping. a lot of simping. I so much simping. So much. Have you ever simped for someone before? I feel like everyone's simped, you know, but have I simped to this level? Debatable. There's there's a lot of extreme simping, not just regular simping. It's like Olympic simping out here. 100%. I have simped before. I'm, I've been told that I'm currently simping. And Ooh. you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah, there's it, nothing wrong with simping. Women. I mean, do we all exactly. agree? Swimming for a man. Mm, no. for a man. Yeah. A woman? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I, I remember you saying that you really loved the way that uh, Stephanie Meyer writes nature. I'm going to tell you right now. I was listening to the audiobook mostly because I was so busy this week trying to meet my deadline. Um, and I zoned out a little bit <laughs> when she was describing. There was just so much. She for sure over describes it. Like, let's not get it twisted. But I do like that. I get it kind of a vivid, like, picture of what this place looks like. I think setting is one of the most, like, strongest parts of Twilight. I think the movies and the book. Like, it's just such a specific background, I guess. And so when she's mentioning the multicolored rocks and the blue and green fire and the different sea creatures, like, I just, I felt like I was there. And so don't get me wrong. Could she have shaved about 50% of it off for sure? But I did like how grounded I felt in this sort of world. Which I think is one of the many things that appealed to us about Twilight is just because it was just this atmosphere. It was very environmental and you just couldn't help but feel like you were getting swept up in it. Um, Totally. We'll talk about the movies, obviously, in separate podcasts, but like the color grading on those movies, especially the first one, that really green and blue tint, mm-hmm. I love so much. And I think it reflects, especially what she's kind of describing at La Push and all of these nature descriptions in, the, in these chapters, it like ties together so well. And that's something that I have always really loved and thought they did a really good job of with this story. I agree. 
I 100% agree. And of course, it wouldn't be a Twilight chapter without an overuse or an obnoxious word being inserted as if we're supposed to know what the fuck that means. Like, what 17-year-old knows what the fuck chagrin means? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know until I looked it up yesterday. I think they know if they were, like, studying for the SATs, but, like, that's it. Like, no one just uses that word. And she uses it twice in these three chapters. Like, what is going on? She just wants a good SAT score, Aja. You can't falter for that. Okay, true, true. Um, so it looks like Renee finally steps up to the plate and notices that her daughter, her only child, is depressed, but... Doesn't do anything about it. Nothing. Not a thing. So that's, you almost got there, but you just didn't cross the finish line. It's like that meme, uh, that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air meme says, she's a little confused, but she got the spirit. (laughs) It's so true. And then we got more of Charlie being Charlie. Like, what, what, that enchilada bit, what was that? Well, he's a cop, so he's brave enough to take the first bite of enchilada. But what does that mean? He's brave, so he's going to eat the enchilada because he's cop. She really tried to connect those two dots there. It, was it an wasn't connecting. <laughs> and then I just thought it was funny that she said she didn't want to ask Charlie permission to go to Seattle because it set a bad precedent. Ma'am, you're the child. You're supposed to ask permission. Literally, who does she think she is? Like, that line was so out of pocket. Right. And I guess it just goes into the next point of, her saying that she's always had to be the adult. So I would understand why she thinks I'm 17. I'm practically an adult. Like, I don't have to ask her mission, but it's like, baby, Charlie's not the same as Renee. <laughs> so let's talk about what happens when we get to school, child. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. So Bella is a hot, a hot topic because literally everybody asks her to the Girls' Choice dance. Not one, not two, but three people, three people ask her to the dance and she not only rejects them, but pushes her friends to ask them. She literally hands them her rejects, which is the funniest thing ever. She's like, I'm doing them a favor. She's trying to set them up. She's my matchmaking queen. She's like, I know Jessica likes Mike. Let me put them together. She's like, I know Lauren likes Tyler. Let me set that up. Like, she's just trying to do what the good Lord would ask her to do. It's not WWJD. It's WWBD. What would Bella do? And Bella would match make the fuck out of everybody right That's now. your next bracelet that you need to wear next to your Leah Clearwater one is WWBD. I would, but I don't know if I can condone some of her choices I don't want to I don't want to put that out there <laughs> to the world that's fair that's valid actually <laughs> like I love her but ooh, no no but I just find it so funny how men are just gonna men because one when they feel guilty they'll just go over the top like Tyler feels so guilty for almost hitting her with his car, he thinks the only way to make it up to her is to ask her to the girl's choice dance. Sir, how does that work? 
Yeah, uh, make it make sense, but like I don't want to try to twist my brain around so that ever makes sense. Do you think maybe they knew that she wouldn't ask them, so they decided to ask themselves? But it's like if you know she's not going to ask you, why go through the trouble of embarrassing? I think I just think men constantly have the audacity. Yeah, and this is another example of that. For sure, I really loved one line in particular when. Mike said that Jessica asked him and he said, I told her I had to think about it. And Bella goes, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. Like, she's just like, why? Bella's right. just acting so oblivious. Incredible. Bella just knows of her power at this point. And honestly, good for her. <laughs> I love that for her. But Jessica even called her to ask permission about asking Mike. But I just thought it was funny because it's like, Jessica knows, she's like, she's seen it. Like she knows that Bella hasn't even given him so much as a Pop-Tart crumb. But I think this is another instance of where I think Jessica is not that bad because she knows Bella would be okay with it because she knows Bella isn't into Mike. Yeah, although I did think the line Jessica enjoyed my inexplicable popularity more than my actual company like Bella judges Jessica mm-hmm. hardcore. and I think I think you're right I think maybe we judge her because we're reading it through the eyes of Bella and objectively she's not that bad she's just a little uh she's, she's a little superficial like with the popularity thing right yeah I mean she's definitely not the worst of them we'll say that and what is this about you thinking the Edward and Mike rivalry is iconic? I need you to explain. I need you I to show me the Carfax. I just, show me the Carfax. <laughs> I just think it's kind of funny. Like, it's very, like, there's such different personalities. And Edward's just, like, not trying at all. And Mike is trying so hard. And I just think that it's kind of funny to read. Like, it's very high school I don't know. I just kind of like it. I'm just kind of here for it. I just feel like everyone is more like mischievous in the books than they are in the movies. Like everyone's kind of shady to each other. And I like that. (sighs) Speaking of the sparkly, darkly vampire. Oh, is that too much of a spoiler? Again, Edward is a vampire, if you didn't know. What? What? (laughs) Wait, I'm so confused. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not? Did, was, did you not know? I'm so surprised you just spoiled that for me. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway. It's so funny, too. I love that she, like, tries to dramatically walk out the room and immediately drops all of her books. I'm like, that is just a giant mood right there. Also, can we talk about how she talks about how he hasn't looked at her for half a dozen weeks? That's six weeks. I also love that we had to say half a dozen. Like, we couldn't just say six. Right? So <laughs> unnecessary. Girl, are you are getting paid by the word? Like, what's going on here? Honestly, she was checking that word count by the minute. <laughs> but I just love the fact that Bella is still simping over this guy who hasn't talked to her in six weeks. He hasn't given her a crumb. Not a single crumb. Okay, as much as I despise the stupid shiny Volvo owner, I feel bad a little bit because 
literally Bella talks about how like everybody's been like crowding her and wanting to know what her experience was and like wanting to see if she's okay and nobody has given a fuck about Edward being there and they're like not even taking her seriously when they say when she says that he was there also they're like oh yeah whatever and I'm like they don't give a fuck about him I love how that's in addition to the last chapter that we read uh, on the last podcast about how his siblings were just glaring at him as he did this, which I think is the funniest <laughs> mental picture of them just being like, God damn it, can he just chill out? Like, he's literally crushing a van and they're pissed. Like, I think that's the funniest thing, the funniest mental image. Oh, no, I felt a little bad. I was like, damn it, not this, not this making me feel bad. He offers her a ride to Seattle, which I think is interesting. Again, because one, he hasn't talked to her for six weeks, and two, he keeps being completely evasive and not answering any of her questions and being super hot and cold. So if I were her, I'd be thinking this was a trap. (laughs) True. I do like that conversation, though. I think it's kind of a fun, like, enemies to lovers type trope. Like, they're kind of, like, making little digs at each other. Like, I love how when he asks about her car mileage, she's like whose business that's like that's not your business and he says the wasting of finite resources is everyone's business I was like green king like that's right is he a green king though because they're billionaires and they do nothing to help the environment okay let's not think about this too hard Ajay (laughs) (laughs) but I just thought that was a funny line like the waste of finite resources when have you put anything in the recycle bin Edward I would love to know this I would love to know they do waste food every single day at once. Waste too. food? They have seven cars. Aren't Volvos pretty good for the planet? Actually, Volvos are like the fourth most expensive car to like maintain. Oh, but is it good for the planet? No. Oh, shoot. Never mind. <laughs> He invites her to sit with him at lunch and everybody starts freaking out. And like I said, that gave me whiplash because he's telling her to stay away from him. But he's like, come over here to me. Like, dude, what? Also, this is niche, but like, I feel like if you're a child of the internet, maybe you'll know what I'm talking about. But the way that he like curls his finger to get her to come to the table reminds me of that really famous Tumblr gif of the guy and you just see like the bottom half of him and he's like motioning someone like quote unquote sexily to like come sit by him. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I'm gonna just smile and nod. Okay, well I'll tweet it out on the on the um on our Twitter later so you can know what I'm referencing. Please do. But that's exactly what I thought of here, and it just makes it so much funny because we're talking about how, you know, Twitter's kind of Wattpad-y in places, and I just feel like there's so much tie-in with, like, pop culture, and it's so funny. Yes. The fact that he says, I might not give you back, is really gross. Like, it is. what the fuck? That whole thing was just, like, a lot. Like, when they, yeah, it's just a lot. It's like, you sound like a serial killer. What if I'm the bad guy? (laughs) What if I'm the bad guy? Oh my gosh, you are such a sparkly, darkly, like, stop it. He's such, like, he's so broody and for no reason. What if I'm the bad guy? Listen, he's not scary. Like, he's trying so hard, but it's like, you're not scary. No, my favorite part about this is when she 
drags him to hell and she doesn't even stop she's like well what if somebody you knew saved your life and then acted like it was your fault that they saved your life and wouldn't leave you alone and it was really really uh confusing and hurtful to you and then they act like they're your best friend minutes later what would you do and i was like yes please continue please i would read i would read 12 pages of her just laying into him i did think it was funny though because we all make we have her going off but like we have another line that i thought was hilarious and said I didn't mention my stomach was already full of butterflies. <laughs> Dear God. And of butterflies is what really just gets me. She takes two steps forward and then one step back. It's like she's always right there to just tell him to fuck off. And then she's like, but I don't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> like, And then we have another obnoxious scene of them doing a blood type test because of course, you know, you if you didn't realize that Edward is a vampire, Edward is a vampire. He's what? a vampire, Taylor. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I didn't even realize. Yeah, that's like canon. He's a vampire. That's canon. <laughs> She's really like queasy about it. Mr. Banner, he's really weird. He like pricks Mike's finger or one of their fingers and like it's like that's uh like you can't just personal space you're the teacher this entire blood test like scene was so like off to me in every single way very it was so bizarre like edward's laughing (laughs) i don't understand what's funny like it's because he's obnoxious and he's like oh ha 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 silly human girl she's she's so human as if he's not a freaking vegetarian Yes, sir. Everybody feels the same way about blood. You should be feeling the same way about blood also. <laughs> like, it's what is so, wrong? It's just so weird. And I just, like, love her subtle flex about how she weighs 110 pounds. <laughs> like, how would she know that? Yeah, it was her saying Mike Schmike. <laughs> it's, like, it, it's just so funny that the fact that she didn't even have to look up, she just knew Mike was going to volunteer to take her to the uh, nurse's office because she was getting queasy. What a simp. What a simp. And then it's weird because Edward gets like turned on that she can smell blood. We all can smell blood, dude. Like, I just, I don't understand. And I don't understand because that's a normal thing. What, like, maybe he just forgot because he's like a fucking 500 years old. Well, I'm sure it smells different, but like, it still has a smell when you're a human. Like, that's is true like yeah i agree i was like that's okay that's weird that i guess bella's turned on my weird shit he's turned on my weird shit they're a weird ass match they're match made in heaven i guess but yeah no it's like he has one brain cell and and they share it yeah he's so creepy when he's like i'm gonna take you home and she's like will you get your hands off me and he doesn't listen to her and i'm like dude i hated that i hate that and she's like you are so pushy but then she gets in the car anyway and i'm like bella this is where you walk your ass your 110 pound ass (laughs) your truck and you call your dad or someone right like okay just stab him with your keys okay let's do something that's not just getting in this weirdo's car 
Yeah, like, he's like, oh, I'm going to take you home. Uh, bitch, nobody told you to do that. How do you know where I live? <laughs> oh, you got him there. Yes, saying. <laughs> How do you know where I live? <laughs> That's the questions that you ask. Seriously. And That's then he makes that stupid, you know, you will see. And it's like, <laughs> really? I hate them so much. Like, they're so quirky. They listen to classical. Shut up. Like, y'all, y'all are so obnoxious. It's, he, he basically just asked her if she listened to the Beatles. Like, right. oh, you listen, oh, you listen to the Beatles? Name five songs right now. Gosh, <laughs> you know One Direction, too. I love them. And then says that she doesn't seem 17, which I think is very sus. It's creepy, right? It's so creepy. Y'all just all so weird. Like, wow. We know that she's trying to get Bella to perceive herself as an old soul. It's like, we know he's a hundred. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, we're justifying it because he's an old soul. It's still gross. Yeah, it's just a, a weird uh, justification. It's so, it's so weird. And then, like I said, Edward thinks he's just, like, so scary, and he's literally not. You're just, you just come off like an asshole. That's how I see it. He's never been scary in any of these chapters. He's just been an obnoxious fucking asshole. Yeah, it's true. It's like you're not any worse than some frat guy. Like, honestly, you're not the monster you think you are. You're just a Kyle who's 19, and is that sigma apple pie (laughs) um but his one redeeming quality is that he loves carlisle and esme so much as he fucking should as he should i i'm soft i love it but then he loses me again where he doesn't consider rosalie and jasper his brother and sister like what the fuck he goes my brother and sister when she's talking about like Emmett and alice He's like, my brother and sister, and then Jasper and Rosalie, we're all like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what the fuck? Do you think that's just because he's, like, rehearsed saying that, though? Because, like, you know, they are, how are they, like, quote-unquote related again? They're, like, Esme's, like, nephew and niece or something? Right, they're they're all adopted. Oh, that's uh yeah okay that's true I I don't know maybe he's like rehearsed that so many times for different because I'm sure their story shifts a little bit each time they like move somewhere else right I'm gonna be honest with you I do not think so okay I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt <laughs> I think they keep because they keep because when we go to when they go to La Push for the the little trip and we get Jacob my soft baby that should have stayed my soft baby <laughs> He mentioned something, and I'm like, okay, that just makes me convinced that they don't change their story. But oh, anyway. good point. Okay, well, yeah, let's dive into that. Yeah. So Bella and the gang head to La Push, and she sees Jacob. This is the first time we see Jacob, uh, as opposed to the movies where like he's there um, with Billy when they deliver the truck, and she doesn't yeah. really remember him. But she was closer with his older sisters. Uh, I, found that, I found that really interesting because I also expected him to show up earlier in the book just because, yeah, like I said, I've watched the movies more and more recently. And correct me if I'm wrong, but in the movies, we never like really see his sisters, right? We just see other like girls and part of like the sort of wolf pack environment, but we don't get him actually have 
do we? No, we don't because his sisters aren't there. Rachel is like in one scene in Breaking Dawn when they're on the beach, but it's very quick. <laughs> it's interesting because like they, in the movies, they're like so much closer in childhood, it seems like. And now it's like, oh yeah, you're the kid that I like spent some random time with and they were fishing, but they didn't really have that like connection. They're kind of like starting fresh, I guess, in the books here. Yeah, and they just have this really cute little conversation, and she's like, oh, I thought you were a little older, and he's like, I'm tall for my age. They're so funny, like, she's hilarious trying to, like, desperate flirt, like, she's doing, like, a terrible, obvious job, but, like, he's falling for it because they're at that age, and that just makes sense, but I do love, even though she's being kind of malicious, like, their conversation is really sweet and easy. And I think that he's like one of the first people she has connected with on like a really genuine sort of deep level. And so I love that she finally gets to just kind of like talk to someone and it's not worse and she doesn't have to think too much about what she wants to say in a way. Oh, I was, I loved this. I was like, damn it. He was so sweet. I just, also, I just don't like that he was used as a plot point but he gets used as a plot point throughout this entire series so I guess I got to get over it but Bella notices that they have some beef with the Cullens because Sam who I didn't know that that was supposed to be Sam in the movie because it's not the same guy um says that the Cullens don't come to the reservation and she's like why and so that's when she starts this whole I'm gonna flirt and get some information out of this child Jacob is just like so excited to tell this story like he's not interested in it at all but he just loves the fact that she's interested in it and he's just like doing his best to like really make it like sound so cool and so this is the part of the book where we get into the culture appropriation indeed indeed so uh, I'm just going to go right off the bat and let you know that the wolf part is the only true thing that comes from this series. Um, everything else is made up. Yes. Everything else. So basically, he talks about how the wolves uh, were the protectors of the land. The cold ones are the wolves' natural enemies. And I just thought that was really nice because we'll see how long that continues to be canon um we also get the first use of the word vampire what what (laughs) i thought this was like a now a running joke are there vampires in this book i guess yeah no they're vampires dude i do want to say cold ones is especially funny to me because of the cracking open a cold one with the boys mean (laughs) (laughs) i was like heck yeah cracking open a cold one with the cold ones am i right Oh my God. I would like to do it. (laughs) I will not stop you. (laughs) Thank you. And then he talks about how basically they made a treaty with them, which I find very fucked up that it was the Native Americans that had to be forced to play nice with their oppressors slash mortal enemies to make them more comfortable when they're the reason why this is happening to them, why they're wolves in the first place. It's like- True, like why do the vampires not just 
move to a place. That's what's so fucked up to me. And that's one of the reasons why I'm like, uh, like I know they have to be in Forks for the story to take place and for the story to happen, but it's it's pretty fucked up that like no one took this treaty seriously. It is but true though that like art reflects life and like colonization is definitely a thing that happens all the time. So I guess it's true to life. <laughs> I guess, I guess. You know what? You're right about that. And this is the part where I think that they don't change their story at all, which is why, again, I don't understand how they couldn't, how it took for Bella Swan from Phoenix, Arizona to be the one to figure all of this out. Because Jacob says that his father and his father's father knew Carlisle from centuries ago. So they're literally going around with the same name. Yeah. <laughs> Switch it up, you guys. Switch same it up. Same name, same birthday, same licenses. Like, like, you know, the internet is like emerging at this point. Like it wasn't as big, but like the internet was a thing when these books were written. So maybe you guys need to cover your tracks a little because it's gonna start to get sketched. <laughs> like, people they don't cover their to- tracks at all. Think they're even they're so rich and like they're so out of place in this town where no one is as rich as them like they're driving these really expensive cars living in this really fancy house wearing these really fancy clothes and it's like you're in a town of three thousand people what are you doing with your life yeah they're not even trying to like blend (laughs) like especially with the car thing like you drive that to school every day people are gonna take notice i guess he's a doctor so like they just guess that, oh, he's a doctor. He, like, makes bank, but... Right, but uh, it seems like even the doctors there don't make much because Charlie says in the beginning um, when he's, you know, defending his love, the love of his life, he's like, Dr. Carlisle could have made money, like, so much money anywhere else, but he chose to stay here, which leaves me to believe that they don't make... He doesn't make a lot of money there. I guess he makes enough for a Volvo. (laughs) Volvo's are so expensive. I've looked it up. I had a moment of weakness. We're gonna have to do the math on this one. We'll get back to you. We'll We'll crunch the numbers. Carlotto could have afforded the Volvo. On the doctor salary that they're giving him, not the money that he already has, because we've already established he's a billionaire. That's canon. But I saw this commercial for this new Volvo. It was really cute, and I looked it up. That shit is like sixty thousand dollars or more. Yeah, it's pricey. Very pricey. Well, I don't know. We'll just, we'll pretend that that's not absurd. (laughs) And then Bella's just like so fascinated because she finally put one piece of the puzzle together and she's like, I'm going to take it to my grave. She's connected two pieces of an a thousand piece puzzle. So that's Mm -hmm. good for her. I thought it was really sad though that Jacob like added that the tribe they purposely do not go to the hospital because Carlisle works there. And that makes me so sad because it's like, we know Billy has um, health issues. And just think of all the other people on the reservation who like need medical attention. And it's just like, they themselves cannot go there because they fear that they will not be safe because of what they were taught and what they believe. And just like literally because he's a vampire, you know? And yeah, it's a lot more sinister. Like when you actually dig into it and like start to 
think about it this that is really messed up that just makes me wonder who they can go to for medical attention and things like that if they feel they can't even trust the local doctor in town like that that just limits their resources even more and I feel like that's a very like isolated community you know I feel like they kind of just stay to themselves they stay on their land they take care of each other and they don't really go out and like associate with a lot of people because I feel like they fear that they won't be understood which makes a lot of sense oh I hated it I hated it so much and uh but I mean buckle up (laughs) buckle up buckle up we're not even done yet but um it's 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 a really cute moment that she and Jacob have and uh it just makes me so upset knowing what's to come yeah we'll enjoy it we'll enjoy it while we can I will I will enjoy it but we get the first you know crossover of like the push slash wolf pack which I was happy about um and even Bella kind of feels a little bit bad because she's like she knows she's using him and again because she's our self-aware queen she feels bad about it but she feels like at least somebody told me the truth and like didn't hold me to like this false narrative or whatever and he's like open with her unlike Edward has been and unlike a lot of people have been yeah Jacob's very open with her and I think that's she likes that too and I love that so much oh I wanted better for them but but it's not all that because when they get ready to leave they're all packing up and Taylor yep my ship Angela is sitting (laughs) Angela is sitting by the window and she doesn't say anything as they leave and that is proof that she's upset that Bella didn't spend much time with her on the beach I like it I I can believe that it's interpreted like that too let's say let's say yes oh they're so cute that's my ship that's my ship do you want to do the honors and debut our Twilight Fun Fact of the Week Absolutely. So we have a very interesting one this week. So originally, Phil was supposed to be the principal at Bella's school, which caused Bella to be uncomfortable with him. But then Stephanie was like, uh, perhaps making them a baseball player because her editor read her discomfort as something else. And I really didn't want that to be read into or have that controversy, which I think was a good choice. For sure. I thought that that was completely left field like I had no idea we would get anything about Phil he's important have any dialogue ever (laughs) right I don't think he does I feel like he's never said a word I think it makes more sense that it's like the baseball player too because Renee is trying to like recapture her youth and like travel so I actually think it's a better fit for him anyway yeah me too because I think him being a principal is too close to him being like a cop that Charlie is like it's very like same routine every single day so this is a little bit more fun. Um, I agree. But yeah, no, uh, I just, I just find it funny that that was what she was worried about. There's so many other controversial topics that end up happening in this book series anyway. And that was the yeah, one I'm, thing. That she was I'm glad, I'm glad they avoided this one because you could have read so much weird stuff into that. And I'm glad that we didn't have to. Yeah, that's so true. I think that, I mean, I think that would definitely shift if, if someone were to read it that way, that would like definitely shift some things. 
And then it, I feel like it would have presented Renee as an even terrible mother, like more yeah. terrible than people already think that she is. Exactly, I agree. Not necessary. Glad we didn't go that road. Me too. But also, uh, Taylor, I came up with this really cool uh, nickname for Bella's truck because she keeps referring to it as the thing. And I want to give the thing her props. So if you remember back in episode one, you should because this is the second episode, our sweet, sweet Bella called her truck a solid iron affair. I propose we call her Sia. Sia, yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I love, I love it. Sia, we have um, stupid Chinese Volvo on her. Is that what, is that what it is? Stupid yeah. We got so many good nicknames going on up here. We got Sparkly Darkly. Sparkly Darkly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is so much fun. I'm so glad we did these chapters. There's just so much simping. So much simping. So much simping, dude. Like, this is unreal. So much simping. We will see you guys next week, though. Don't even worry. We got, we got three more chapters coming hot off the presses for y'all. Yes. Take care of yourself. We'll see you next week. And remember, when in Forks, it's simp or swim. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. You just listened to an episode of Win and Forks by Taylor and Ajay, brought to you by Anchor, an app that makes it easy for anyone to make a dope podcast. So what are you waiting for? You can follow me, Taylor, on Twitter at alphabet underscore Anne, and on Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore, as well as Ajay at Black Girl Lead on Twitter and Ajay Nolan on Instagram. You can follow the show directly at Win and Forks on both Twitter and Instagram. And feel free to email us at winandforkspodcast at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, or hate mail you may have. And don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes, and we just might read it on the show.